Welcome back to The Basement, fellow music lovers. You are now tuned into yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, as usual, and uh, we, we thank you for choosing to spend a little time with us to hang out with us down here. Uh, and in, in one of our ways of thanking you is, is hopefully making a really good podcast for you this week. So kicking it off on Monday here, talking about an album that is uh, pretty much most excellent. I don't think that's a spoiler because I think it was expected. Talking about His Golden Messenger's Heart Like a Levy. Uh, his Golden Messenger is MC Taylor out of North Carolina. He's friends with people like Phil Cook and Amelia Meath, and uh, he was on the Merge Records. And uh, his last album was excellent, Lateness of Dancers. And uh, so we're going to talk about Heart Like Levy, Heart Like Levy, and see how that uh, stacks up in his catalog. Uh, we're also going to be talking about the Columbia Tape and Record House here. Uh, a little some fun facts about that. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then. Um, and it means you're probably young. That's okay, because I think we're going to break it down for you. But the short version is, used to be this tape club. You send in a penny, and you get 12 records. And what they expected uh, was that you would then buy those, you know, four records that you needed to get over the next year or two uh, and fulfill your obligation. Well, they gave these out to people who were like 10, 11, 12. You didn't have to be of age. You didn't have to even prove you were the same uh, an actual person uh, so I think you can guess uh, what happened next this is actually uh, in a weird sort of way uh, sort of a proto Napster and so we're going to talk about that uh, and then uh, we're wrapping it all up uh, introducing you to this guy that maybe some of you heard of, uh, maybe you haven't so this could be cool uh, Chris Stalecup Stalecup I don't know, we'll, we'll fix the uh, pronunciation if we need to, but it's Chris Stalecup in the Grange they have a new album out called Downhearted Fools. They are country as fuck, in, and I mean that in a very good way. Uh, if you're thinking about, like, Sturgill Simpson, stuff like that, more in the modern country. Uh, they're also uh, fairly literate in uh, southern songwriters in the in the vein of Drive-By Truckers and Patterson Hood, especially. Uh, there's a song off of this that could have been on uh, Southern Rock Opera, I believe. So uh, going to be playing an old track off that. So that's your podcast, and if you guys are ready and uh, comfortable and have your beverage, we are as well, so let's get going. This is episode number 225 of Chunky Glasses, the podcast, where we're reviewing the new album from His Golden Messenger, Art Like a Levy. Okay. It comes here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Merely a two-word review, just a shit sandwich. Hello? Yeah. Uh, welcome back, gentlemen. We are back yet again to uh, consume some adult beverages, talk about some music, and generally entertain the populace. I think that's our whole goal here. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about a new album from His Golden Messenger, MC Taylor out of North Carolina. Our friend uh, Phil Cook is in his band. He's on Merge Records, uh, and uh, his 
newest one for there, his second record for them, Heart Like a Levy, is out now. Before that, though, I uh, want to get into a little news, little internet searching thing. You know, we look around, we try to find these links that are uh, worth discussing. Uh, 99% of the time, we fail, but I think this one might be good. <laughs> uh, thing popped up on a gadget. Uh, a good a good site. They don't do much to gadgets anymore as much as they do this weird <laughs> same type of journalism that everybody else does. But it, Gadget uh, is in quotes. The name of the article is, we were stealing music way before the internet and millennials focusing on the Columbia House record system. Now, if you don't remember this, that means you are... What? Young. Young. Real young. Back in the day. And this is actually how I built my tape collection. It's how I built my CD collection. Started off doing this stuff like this. And uh, you could send a penny to the record club, and then they would send you, what, it was like 12 albums? Yep. A bunch. Right. And then they'd bill you. And then they'd bill you. And then they start sending you, like, the record of the month club. And then you have to send it back. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you didn't, this this worked out well for them, because... You didn't send it back, and then they bill you. The problem was, I don't think anybody ever actually paid for any of this shit. I paid. Did you pay? I paid. You paid but for then it. I, I also getting paid. the record of the month. So, oh, we're such a government dork. <laughs> did, did, did you pay? <laughs> yeah, I paid. I did the twelve. Paid, and then was like, I'm done with this. I yeah, canceled. I bought. I bought the minimum. Yeah. <laughs> so you never took advantage of this. So this story did not ring true to you. The story is basically saying, no, saying have, is that you could keep signing up for it. You right. could keep like you could not pay, you could escape it, you could sign up with a yeah. different name, you could just get it sent to a post office box. You could do all these things yeah. with it and and as a result get all like the records. Like I, I got Fleetwood Max rumors that mm-hmm. way. Uh Bob Dylan's Blood on the Tracks didn't have it before then. Mm-hmm. Uh so a lot of classic albums came into into my life that way. Uh and but we think about this type of uh, we'll call it piracy as uh, as just happening with the Napster generation. But it, I mean, w- this is how we seem to want to have music, right? Piracy implies that there's no record of the transaction, and that you're just straight up stealing. The thing about Columbia House is you were getting billed. You just ref- mm-hmm. you were just a a bad debtor, like. <laughs> Someone should have been, you know, knocking down your door and calling you to get you to pay this. Unfortunately, it's not an amount of money that would justify that, and that's probably why Columbia House went out of business. But mm-hmm. um, well, at least also they didn't ask for or verify the kind of information where they could hit right. you on your credit report. Right, 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 right. So, but from a pure contract law point of view, there was a friggin' contract um, between you and Columbia House. Just everybody built basically. Well, yeah, but also from a pure copyright point of view, everything you did. I mean, you know, with Napster was illegal as well. Like, everybody's yeah. breaking the law. It's just whether you're going to get in trouble for it or not. Yeah. But the but I guess my, my, my question about that, <laughs> Patrick is, is blushing. No. <laughs> Patrick is nothing to say. Yes. That um, was the royal you, Patrick. That wasn't about you yes. using yeah. Napster. Um, but my question is, like, if, we, if the way we treated this, and then it was, like, free music, is like, do, does that not mean, because the way we treated it with Napster, the way we treat it now... With all you can eat uh, streaming, does that not mean that we really actually just want free music? Everybody wants free everything. Is that it? That's look. If somebody, <laughs> Patrick and I both said that we paid, 
and we did. And it's because stupid. we're dorks, yeah. and we're like, if you've got a debt, then you're paying you it. Pay it. But everybody knew you could get away with it with Columbia House, and that's the big thing. Is it's like, if you can get away with it, then a lot of people are going to do it. And CEG steroids in sports. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but I mean, does that mean that we we know that? I mean, it it doesn't make any sense in a, in a market. Uh, where you're trying to sell music and stuff, but does that mean we we actually should start reckoning with the fact that this is just how we are? I mean, nobody wants to admit that, but we want it all free, right? I think that <laughs> if you could get if you could get Spotify for free, it was just a little fudging of the uh, of the rules. No, I mean I I I'm fine with paying. Ten dollars a month to get it legally. You're asking the two worst examples I, 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 of people. Yeah, yeah. The two worst examples are going to be like if there are rules, we're going well, to obey them. I mean, I, I guess, I guess, I wonder about will the general public? Would the general yeah, public the, like to get Spotify public. for free? Well, we just talked. Well, the other day we talked about how seventy out of one hundred and ten million Spotify mm-hmm. users are are doing the free version with the ads. So would all of them say yes to free without the ads? Yes. Would the other 40 million subscribers uh, who are paying say yes to their current version of Spotify without paying? If it were offered? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, what... what free is, 99 is always the best free, price. Free 99 is always <laughs> the best price. But, I mean, what does that say? Like, we're, we're constantly trying to figure out how to get artists more money, how to sell this to people... But the reality is, is that people legitimately want it for free. I, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is that you can go completely cynical and be like, yeah, of course people want it for free if they can get it. But like, I hold out hope that people want to pay for art at some point. And I feel like it's probably not reality. I, I, I think that for most people, that is not the reality. It's, it's, it's like asking if you had the option of having your buddy hold open the back door of the concert venue <laughs> and you didn't have to buy a ticket. How many people would say yes if you're not going to get caught? Wait, do you and know? Way too many people would well, do that. I mean, that's actually a good example because you know you deal with that as far as guest lists, yeah. Especially like on a local level, like we're in mm-hmm. DC, we have a uh, rather tight knit scene, and and but if you are a band playing and and you have a guest list and you always put your friends on it, and your friends are coming out to see you, like that is the dumb, and your friends are kind of assholes for doing that. Like we don't ex- we don't accept list spots from anybody locally. Just do not do it because it like if we're not going to support our local scene, who the fuck are we going to support? Right. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I I guess like I I am just sort of like fuck. We are that people just actually don't care about the shit. Well, it's for most people, it's a product. Or an experience. And if somebody offers you a beer for free or a soda for free or a sandwich for free, then you're going to take it. And that's, I think that's how most people view music, view movies, things like that. Yeah. If there's an, if there's an easy way to pay a a small or reasonable amount of money to do it and get it as conveniently as you could, if, if you used the less legal free ways to do it. (laughs) then I think a lot of people go th- go that direction. But there are some people who are just like, I want all the product, and I don't want to pay for it, and I just assume 
that the product is going to keep being produced because enough other people are going to pay for but it. Ha- so I guess how do, how do we get those people to actually get on board and get the stuff? Because look, Columbia House went bankrupt because you could pay a penny, get 12 albums, wait it out or figure out a way around it and then get pay a penny, get 12 more. It was albums. a shitty business model. Oh, it absolutely is a shitty business model, but well, and it's a total hail Mary. I mean, it's not, if, but if it, Columbia house really had any brains, they would never have come up with that. And if they were in the mix to like compete with the bigs. Yeah. Right. Columbia house wasn't a content producer. They were a reseller. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's not quite the same thing. So we just ignore that, that, that part of the marketplace exists that we just like, whatever they're going to do what they want. Like I don't buy the the getting taking it back to piracy that you just look at that and be like whatever people are gonna pirate it people the people who aren't gonna buy it aren't gonna buy it no I, no I think no there's no, a no. way to incentivize I, them I don't think that's I don't think that's exactly right but I think it's a I think it's a scale and we've talked about this whenever we've talked about streaming yeah. before um and it's my it's my big argument when artists come out and say well you know if we if we're gonna stream it should cost fifty dollars a month or you know, you should be charged by plays or however it is that that they think gets the most money into their pocket. And I'm like, there is a sweet spot. And maybe it's not ten dollars a month. Maybe it's twelve. Maybe it's thirteen. You can play it's around like sixteen ninety nine. Well, you can play with the you can play with the exact number, but you've got to find that spot where people who don't want to pirate but still want to have all the access right here feel like okay, that's fine. I'll pay that much. As soon as your average music consumer starts feeling a hurt in their pocketbook from uh, the amount of money that they're paying for streaming, yeah. that's when they cancel the streaming service and go back to the high seas. Well, this gets back to something we talked about. Uh, were you here for this? I don't think you were. The uh, the Pandora uh, service coming out. The, uh, yeah, it was. Actually. The, the rebirth of, yes. of audio. Is it their drive? was the beginning of the local one. No, it was the... It was Flock of Dimes. Oh, Flock of Dimes. Yeah. Sure. They're launching, relaunching essentially RDO. And so it's zombie RDO uh, for like $5.99. So they're taking the price and like maybe addressing that market. And if they do that, like then people aren't going to want to pay because I'm comfortable paying. I'm comfortable paying 20 bucks. I, I think that's worth it. I think that's a good consumption. You know, if, you, if but you, you're like the person who's advocating for like, no subsidies for oil and gas companies because the price of gas should be higher so people understand how much they're damaging the environment. I mean, a, it should cost bit, as much bit, as it costs know, in Europe. I, but, but I know, like, it's Eduardo, not gonna Eduardo happen. and I have talked about this, like, since the availability of digital content, like, just on an Apple TV, like, instead of, uh, I know where to get Independence Day 2. Right. Why and, would you watch that? Hold on, hold on. Oh. I know where to get Independence Day 2. Uh, and, but I wanted to watch it. And I'm like, it's 15 bucks. I don't want to own it. Right. But it's just sitting in the cloud it's somewhere. So 15 bucks. And because I have that option and because it's not 30 bucks, I'm like, cool. Yeah. I mean, look, but, but that's, that's how point, I get that's a point price right point discussion of one movie. I, and I think that, I think that the price point discussion is a big deal, especially in the current streaming marketplace. Mm-hmm. Like you just said, you'd be comfortable paying 20 bucks, but are you comfortable paying 20 bucks for one service? And then having to pay twenty bucks for another service because your catalog is fragmented, like that's the thing. Well, that's the problem. Is but, I think yeah. that if you if you were able to, you'd be able to charge more if you didn't have this current battle over mm-hmm. exclusives, right? But which the is more dropped, ser- the more services that people think they have to buy, or if they feel like I'm going to subscribe to one and then I've got to buy these other albums that are only being released on a particular service. 
then it drives the price point down. If somebody was like, yep, it really is the mythical universal legal jukebox, mm-hmm. then you could charge, I think you could charge a lot more than $10 to and, and still have a you good- You think if the catalog is complete, then-, then you, I think you can charge a- That's the premium service. You can charge a good chunk of change and a lot of people will pay right. it. And but the problem is that you're not going to get that because everybody's like everybody's still pushing these other models. Well, actually, though, that's the thing is like once they saw how badly the uh, Frank Ocean exclusives like did, like cause that that really just like bombed. You know, partially because it was bad, but it. I disagree on that point. Uh, I disagree on that point. Oh, you enjoy that? I like that album. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I don't really enjoy it too much. I like it. It's not. It's not great. It's but, okay. But. What they learned from that, and because they sort of back used to that the Frank fu- Ocean the, podcast, no, to, yeah, to to to, uh, to fuck over Def Jam and stuff, and and they they were like, okay, we're not doing any more exclusives, and more and more labels are now, and rights holders are coming on board and saying, yeah, we're not doing it because it's stupid, because putting out our fans, like it's making it so they don't have access to it, and that's the only thing it's doing. So if these go away, maybe we can look at Apple Music getting the whole shebang oh, google music getting the whole shebang or everybody getting the whole shebang which which would be great and then and then if and then i think you can start looking at maybe at maybe charging more but if you're still thinking that you've got to buy separate albums and it's not really a complete service you know it's we, we again we always go to this analogy but it's like you look at uh, at video services there's a maximum amount you can charge mm-hmm. for streaming video services because you can't say look get netflix and you don't need anything else it's like no if you want to see everything you're gonna have to yeah. have amazon you gotta have hulu you gotta have hbo go I, you gotta have netflix I, you know? I, I tried to watch uh the uh flash season premiere and they're fighting with hulu so i have to get the cw app which is free for now are they really fighting with hulu yeah all that was, cw that was shows one are of the main reasons to have hulu. chad michael murray plays the flash because it's on cw oh, i don't know uh Sorry. excellent oh, show but but yeah you know it's it's this fragmentation thing. Yeah, you're right. It's it's, but, uh, I mean, we do see it more in the in the video space mm-hmm. for sure. You but, mean, but that's cap? because there's there's original content. Wait, production you, wait, there. you but, see more more of what in the video space? The fragmentation. Exactly. The fragmentation. Yeah, I mean, there's like a CBS app. Oh now. yeah, right, 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 right. I think I was recommending to you guys like yeah. Brain, that series Brain Dead. Yeah, one of the best shows I've seen in the past ten years. It's fucking amazing. You know, the only place you can watch it. I don't think you can watch it on demand. You have to like subscribe yep. to a CBS. The app. only place that you're going to be able to watch the new Star Trek series is on the CBS app. Are you serious? Yep, I'm serious. See, that's. <sighs> but you're going to be able to buy it. Like that's and that's the no, thing. that's the thing. You can't. Yeah, you, you can't, can't. You can't. Well, eventually you can't yeah, buy. You'll be able. You just like, wait. I couldn't. I couldn't buy Brain Dead. And I and you just, you just wait and you. And buy I it. wanted to though. I was just like, I'll I'll gladly pay you for this. I don't want to pay you a monthly subscription for this, right? Because you don't need to see. Every episode of Kevin Can Wait as well. And you're not Luke Cage. I mean, let's, let's be sure. clear. Yeah, well, well, and Netflix, and maybe that is... Kevin maybe, Can Wait, by the way, based on Kevin. Yes. Story. <laughs> um, uh, also the show Kevin Hill starring Tay Diggs. Nice. There's some good casting there. Uh, caused me some problems trying to get the domain name. You have uh, similar uh, abs and shoulders. Yeah, as, as, yeah we uh, definitely do. Um, and we're both sort of bald. Yeah. <laughs> right. he's, he's more bald than me. How about that? Exactly. Uh, um, yeah, so, uh, I went down the Kevin Hill hole. <laughs> uh, so I think the so well let's let's walk it back. So yeah, yeah. there aren't 
10 or 12 music streaming services that are competing right now in, in a major way. Like, it's not like Hulu versus Netflix versus all these other things in the music scene. But that's also a, 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 a result of how we consume music. You, you don't, like, the thing with a TV series is it's sometimes 22 hours of television for season one or whatever. Right. And you've got to, like, really, that's a big commitment of time, and you've got to be really into it. So I don't, you know, an album is usually 30 to 60 minutes long, depending. And so if you just want one of those, that's weird. I think maybe the best example of what's still frustrating me, and maybe this will drive things forward, is the fact that I can't get prints on Spotify. Right. Like, it's kind of making me nuts. But that's one of the rare artists that, that actually does matter. In fact, I think that's the only artist I think it matter. Now, we've, we've talked mm. about this before, in that uh, if you are a Prince fan that that matters to you, you probably have all the albums. Well, not necessarily. I mean, I have a lot of them. I don't have all of them, but... Yeah, but you're not going to listen to the gold experience, and, and you right. probably shouldn't. Right. And, you know... Well, but it's also that even if you've got the albums... It's a pain in the ass to be like, I'm going to switch, from, I'm gonna switch yeah. from Spotify back to the albums that I well, own. I can't, make a I can't put it on a mix. I'll tell you. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I want to try to wrap this up soon so we can talk yeah. about the uh, album. Uh, but uh, this is how, uh, this is why I owe Patrick a bottle of bourbon, because this is how Apple Music won me over. Because back in the day, they started Match. Match was a shitty service. It, was, it, it just it didn't work. Like it wasn't streaming. You you could like download it to your phone where you were, but it didn't stream it. Now they have got Apple Music working so that if it's something in my library they do not have, it streams. Huh. And that is the only service that does that. And that is key because I have all the Prince albums in my iTunes collection and I have them on my phone. And so, you know, it's that cross uh sort of cross delivery that I think is can actually solve that problem and they solved it so for like for me i don't the catalog issue the catalog issues actually aren't an issue for me anymore yeah well but i have an iphone you're on ios so yeah so <clears throat> um i shall once again remain silent but I mostly I like just, how you think you can't talk about. I know. IOS I mostly have Spotify. I, I don't really. I, I've not started an Apple Music account. I'm just trying to resist it as long as I can. Mm -hmm. I've not joined Tidal. I do have pockets, especially with Prince. Neil Young would be another one on Spotify that I just get really frustrated because the stuff I want is not there. Yeah. And those would be, for me, the two major ones. The last um, Waltz I did buy the stupid Beyonce album. And last I, Waltz is where? The Last Waltz isn't on Spotify. Yeah, but I own it's that, not on any streaming. I own now. that on DVD, so. Can't toss it into a mix. Yeah. Can't toss it into a mix. Um, but yeah, so other than, you know, and there are pockets of Spotify where I'm like, why isn't this here? But for the most part, it's hard to argue with the volume that's available. Yeah. Like, for $10 a month. To get access to, what is it, 25 how, million how, songs? How, like, how that's pretty nuts. How about this? Can it's, you imagine if it, I told it, you it, when it, you were 12 that for no, $10 no, 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 a month, no, no, no. you would get access to 25 million times? Your head I'll, would have I'm going to propose this, and, and, and I'm, I'm going to move on. It's like, when we're talking about catalogs, and you're trying to decide uh, which one you want to subscribe to, which one this. How about this? If it's not in your service, go out and buy the fucking record. Well, there's that, That too. work? Yeah. Paul, that work? You should go out and buy the record anyway if you I really love the artist. Not really. You're against buying records? No, I'm not against <laughs> buying records. I've I'm, heard. People are talking. 
No, I'm I'm People against saying, having to having to switch. Sad. I like to I like to be able to go through one app. Yeah, and that, no, that's that, the yeah, that's thing. that's actually the that's the thing. Well, it's the conversation you and I have had a couple of times. If if Spotify gets bought by somebody and gets melded into something else, and I have to go rebuild hundreds of playlists that I've come up with over the last five years. Huge first world I'm issue. I'm going to just issue. unplug and start listening to CDs. Now, welcome yeah. to the RDO problem yeah. for those of us right. who God, That was horrible, man. It was the worst. It was, right. but at, at, at any rate, uh, the, the link's going to be in the show notes. Uh, you know, take a look at it. Uh, and you know what? In the comments, share your stories of, of Columbia House abuse. How about that? <laughs> like, those of you that did not pay. How many pennies... Did you did you waste uh, getting? All right. Did, so you mentioned before you go, you mentioned two or three of the albums that you got that ch- sort of yeah, changed yeah. your life a little bit. The one that I got in my Columbia house, there were many, but the one that I got that sort of changed my life was the John Coltrane reprise years, the three disc set. Mm-hmm. I got that through Columbia House, and it got me through. I probably would not have graduated college without that CD. If I told you I got Boston's third stage, would that all make sense now? Sort of. All right, let's talk about some His Golden Messenger. I was born on the Jungle River Where the dragon shoes dwells And St. stood where the money was told it well Hey, babe, it's your birthday My sweet little one was six years old and just been torn in the only one It's hard, Lord, Lord, it's hard It's hard, Lord, Lord, it's hard Yes, everybody in the whole damn place Just gotta have a good time Yeah, nah, it's tough all over That is... MC Taylor, his band His Golden Messenger. Uh, name of that album is Heart Like a Levy. Name of that song is Biloxi. Uh, that was the first single off of this album. You know, back in 2014, I, th- I can't remember if we reviewed this album. I think we did. Uh, Lateness of Dancers really got a, a whole lot of attention. It was his first on Merge. Chris Richards with the Washington Post here in Washington, D.C. did a huge like spread interview, and it's fantastic. Uh, he went down to North Carolina, stayed with them for a little while. Uh, you got a real picture of the type of guy this uh, this this guy is. He from there, I think, toured like just incessantly. Just been here, been through here a few times. Yeah, he's yeah. been here through since since then at least like five or six times. Yeah. Um, when I finally actually got to see him was uh, the Landmark Festival, and it was mm-hmm. one of the best shows uh, that I saw there. It was uh, you know, we've mentioned our friend Phil Cook is in the band. Uh, it yeah, <laughs> Patrick is like saying "fuck yeah," Phil Cook, um, and uh, it's 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 this you know, you know what you just heard, but it's this weird, uh, mix of of southern rock, uh, southern folk rock with, uh, soul that is almost like there's not a lot that really sounds like him. Um, this guy comes from a punk background, he's from California actually, Paul, uh, and. Discovered by moving to North Carolina, all of a sudden it's like, hey, maybe I can make this folk music. And he's made good on it. He's made like six or seven albums, and now he's hitting the big time. This is certainly his his biggest 
record to date. Uh, he sounds more like Dylan on this than ever before. Uh, there's more instrumentation sounds on this. Sounds a lot like Ryan Adams. Sounds a lot like Ryan Mid-period, Adams. Mid-period, the yeah. good Ryan Adams. Um, and, uh, and he's doing it all for you. He's trying, he's trying to move you. Oh, I'm going to see. Is it, is it moving you? Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a solid album. Um, there's a couple of songs on here that, uh, that I think I, that I really enjoyed and nothing that was, uh, that was, that was bad. Um, I think you can kind of see its background as like, uh, as like, I guess a purpose project rather than an inspiration project. Since I think he was originally writing this album, uh, about a bunch of coal miners or something mm-hmm. like that. So it's, uh, yeah. It's kind of a theme. It's kind of a theme album, and and built off of that, I became something more. But it's I don't know if it's something that comes from necessarily a, a biographical place or a place of emotional necessity. But it's got some pretty tight narrative as a result. So, Patrick, um, where to jump in? Okay, so I really liked Ha, H A W. Right, that yeah. was like the first thing, and there was even was something two records ago. Right, and there was even something maybe before that that was an EP that mm-hmm. had a great song. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first His Golden Messenger that I latched onto was a, it was a single track, and I latched on hard, and I have never felt like an album lived up to what I wanted His Golden Messenger to be, because as you probably were thinking when you thought I was going to be on this podcast, this is right in Patrick's wheelhouse, because uh, it's pretty yeah. Americana, yeah. I love stacks, I love all that stuff, and he's trying to hit on a lot of those things. So this to me is the most um, fully realized album that he's done. Absolutely. I I think by far. Absolutely. I think it's a step forward from Lateness of Dancers, which I was a little tepid on because I think part of my issue is sometimes when he goes straight folk, um, I get a little, it gets a little samey and I get a little bored and there's a religious element to some of what he's doing that I'm not super excited about. Although I think on this, when he brings it into gospel, it totally works. So I think hmm. this, I think it, there's more of a stacks element. There's more of a getting back to this sort of um, big southern rock sound that incorporates some of bluegrass, some of soul, some of gospel, some of funk. There's some funk sort yeah. of tracks on here. Yeah. Uh, I think the playing on here is really great. I think the recording sounds as warm as anything I've heard this year. Uh, it's just a really nice um, album overall, and I think you know that track you just played. It almost sounds like "I Still Love You, New York" yeah. by yeah. Ryan Adams yeah. very much. Yeah. But I think there are places that's a great opener on this. But I think he goes in a lot of. If you really listen, he goes in some different directions. He does that are not forecast by that song, which I think is why this works better than some of his other. Yeah, stuff. And, and I mean it's it's weird because I. Uh, I enjoyed Lateness of Dancers immensely, but I enjoyed it uh, much like we recently talked about Nora Jones, mm-hmm. and much like it was a sort of like a comfort food album. And and you you're just like okay, this is great. But I know people who went crazy over it. I do as well. And yeah, and and it's I I, I didn't latch onto it at the time. I did when I saw him live. I mm-hmm. got it. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I and that said, I don't think he put what the band actually is on record for Lateness of Dancers. Mm-hmm. Uh, as good a record as it is, and as good a background music as that is, um, with this still, I find myself, and this is just my expectation alone. Like, I want 
some of these songs to be epic and they never get there and i don't know mm. why i want them to be epic uh there there's some really great moments in all this stuff that song biloxi is is what we can now call a serviceable his golden messenger tune right you get get to the next one that's the next song is almost a mission statement for the band like mm-hmm. uh tell her i'm just dancing the line uh you can't choose your blues but you might as well own them I mean, you know, that's what his, that is a nice piece of writing. That's a nice piece I of wrote writing. That that, same and, thing that, down. and that's what he's all about. That that is like, you know, there a lot of this album was written because uh as a man of faith, you you mentioned the religion coming into it, but that's that's who he is. And uh, he has a family uh down in North Carolina. He has to reconcile uh going out on tour and leaving his family and reconcile those responsibilities. Um and that line uh is is basically just claiming that and saying this is this is what we're about here. Mm-hmm. Um, you get into uh, tracks like like a mirror loves a hammer, which is like uh, it's uh, mountain soul funk funk. It's got yeah, some it's funk, funk in funk. it. Got that weird whispered uh, layered it vocal. It could be on like a jacked up time out of mind. Sort of, yeah, yeah. Um, and and so you, you you travel through all this, and I am sort of by the end. You know, Ace of Cups hung low band. Like he waits till the very end to drop in the the epic saxaboom jam. Yes, and and so it it plays very much as a uh, for me at least as a record that had these like super ambitions and then just uh, maybe fell back on like what was comfortable. And I don't I don't know if that's a bad mm. thing. I mean, are you saying that? Because cause there are some really, I think, good songs on here. Like, I think you mentioned a couple of them, but I think that uh, um, As the Crow Flies yeah. is also kind of an experiment in funk and blues and southern stuff. I will agree with you that it doesn't get epic because it isn't that long. Um, it sort of plays around with a couple ideas and then builds out. The closest he gets to epic is really the last song. Yeah. He, he sort of slowly builds up to this thing and then he has this big rest, but it never gets super loud. But it doesn't way. seem like Epic's what he's going for. I mean, no, I, I agree. Well, and, that, and that's why I said it's my thing. And like, yeah. I, and I own that because like, I, I don't know why I necessarily want this to be Epic, but at the same time, like I can settle into certain songs, yeah. but, mm-hmm. and I'm torn by, and I think the song we will play is actually like a mirror loves a hammer. I think that's a I'm good one with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because, there are flourishes where you see like absolute like genius. A lot of that is, dude. He's friends with Phil Cook. Phil Cook is all over this album. Uh, that is, they are excellent. Cla- and well, look, the, look, MC Taylor was all over Phil Cook's album. That's right. And, and but also that whole scene, the layer. It's Bradley Cook is producing yeah. the layering of the vocals with Tiff Merritt and whoever else. Uh, uh, the Amelia female, Meath. The female vocals all on this are really nice, and you know he's got really good players, and they're yeah. They've the group mind is super. Um, but I think, but I think some of that might come from the project evolution and confusion. I, I know that this is not a facts-based podcast, but yeah. just to clarify my coal miners or something comment from earlier, this started out as him being commissioned by uh, by a university to do an album to accompany a museum exhibition right. about of photographs of of coal miners from 1972, and he eventually was like. The music's not going in that direction, man. It's going more personal, so now I'm just going personal. But I think you can kind of see that thematic, like, 
confusion yeah, or inconsistency yeah, yeah. in the album. And the reason it's not going epic is because he went from something that was like bigger and older to something more personal. And there's right. pieces of each of those elements in the album. Between pure Americana acoustic and uh stacks soul funk yeah right there, is it a soundtrack sort of a or is it a per, or, right. or is it or is it personal you know that's yeah it's it's or hard is to, it, or is it a soundtrack of the personal right. it's not to say it doesn't work it's just there's uh, kind of a weird let's hear like like amir loves a hammer because this is uh this song sort of jams yes in the dark of the day Like a mirror loves a hammer. That song is the fucking jam. That is that is deep southern uh, folk funk. And uh, and those I don't know if those words ever came together. It's like some uh, Florida funk. Yeah, and that's not look. If you are listening to this and thinking like, oh, I know funk, we're not talking about that. Like this is very specific. So don't don't be like, yeah, I'm getting down. Like this is not honoring. The Parliament Funkadelic tradition of funk. This is swamp funk. Yeah, it's not. It's not quite New Orleans. You were just in New Orleans, Paul. Mm-hmm. It's not quite that, but it is. It is pulling on that tradition, and uh, and and that all comes from I think his, uh, you know, collaborators that we we mentioned. You know, they, they, he's whatever's going on down in Durham. It's great. Like you've got them. You've got Sylvanessa, Jen Wastner moved mm-hmm. down there. Flock of Dimes is down there. You've got all these great bands. Uh, good scene. Good scene, yeah. And and they're all feeding off this energy, and mm-hmm. the best work is coming up from there, like now. Uh, and you know, in hearing that again, like I think that might be the best track on the album. It's in the top two or three for me. Yeah. yeah. So, I guess the the only real thing left to discuss is like, what what is this gonna mean for? 
uh, Mike and the, his golden messenger and and this like is this is this what's gonna like crack it all open? See, is he now gonna be like the star that people think he should be, Patrick? Um, I think part of the problem is how we listen to music, so probably not. But I do think this is gonna get um, it's gonna get good reviews in an album in a year where a lot of albums are getting. Uh, or there's been a lot of adventurous music this year, I think. Yeah. And I think this is definitely, a, for me, a step forward. This is kind of the, when I first heard Ha, I was hoping for something like this. This, to me, is is sort of the, the His Golden Messenger album well, I always wanted. So to that extent, I think this will end up on more lists at the end of the year than oh, yeah. some of his other albums. And, and I will say four or five of these songs will end up on sort of my, you know, favorite songs of 2016 uh, mix. But uh, is he going to break out because of this? I mean, uh, maybe he'll get, he'll play slightly bigger venues. Um, whatever that means. Maybe go from Rock I mean, and Roll I mean, Hotel this, this at some point to 930. The, but like, I just don't know if this is going to be the thing that breaks him open in terms of national recognition. Uh, it got a nice review in the Wall Street Journal about eight hours ago. Right, right. I mean, yeah. this this is the problem I had with the North Jones album too, is that like, for me, in uh, growing up in the South, like th- this feels, I mean, this yeah. is genuine. This is like yeah. what, even though he's not from there, but, uh, yeah, carpetbagging motherfucker. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this is, this is tapping into that soul of, of what is down there. And it is like soul music of a different kind. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't necessarily subscribe to your, uh, stacks assessment. I mean, I hear it a little, but like horns don't equal stacks. No, I yeah. agree. I, I just mean but it's heading in that. It's heading in that direction, direction which I like. And I, I, I guess it's a, it's, it's in this weird space where again, people aren't really making music like what he's doing, and and these albums sit in their own. They're not dedicated southern rock. They're not folk. They're not, uh, sometimes they're not great. You know, they're, they're sort of wandering, uh, lyrically at times, but well, there's too many songs that are an acoustic guitar and, you know, vocals and, yeah, and I, and just, I don't see this being a big breakout for him. I think it's critic bait. Um, and I think he already was critic bait, so he didn't have to win over that, uh, that particular but that was, that was actually my, that was actually my resistance to him in the first place. It was Chris's. We we talked about Chris's story. I'm like, why is Chris writing about this person that like he put out like one album that anybody yeah. heard? But that's the thing is, I don't think this pushes that envelope anymore. There's nothing. I don't hear a song here, and maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong because I always want people to be able to make make money and break yeah. through when they're showing some talent. I don't hear a song here that's gonna make like the general populace sit up and say, "Whoa!" I don't see this pushing him off. You know the the small type on the festival circuit, that sort of thing. Right. Like, it's going to be a small, dedicated fan base. He's going to be able to tour as much as he wants, sell his venues, keep himself going on That's that. Good, but though. it's not, yeah, it's good. This is a good way to continue working as, as a musician, but it's not going to be something that starts bringing in the big royalty checks. Right. Hmm. Paul, the A&R man says, I don't hear a single <laughs> That's <future."> true. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, uh, so Paul, I'll start with you this time. What, what are you going to do with this? Stream. Yeah? Yeah. Have you played it for the lady? 
Does she like it? Does she not? Uh, I have not. But have you played this... for the baby? How about that? Well, it's the same thing at this point. Yeah. Um, it, this isn't really Lisa's type of music. Mm-hmm. How about your mom, your your dad, your brother, your sister, anyone at work? Have you played it? <laughs> uh, no. At work, I use headphones, and my parents are out in California. So <laughs> I'm just Patrick. Um, I'm right in that middle part between a like a hard stream and a buy. I think I'm probably going to say buy because I will say that I, with each listen, I've become more enamored with four or five of the songs on here, and I I do really. I was not as a quote-unquote critic, someone who had gravitated towards the last two or three right. uh, HGM efforts, and I this to me is more what I wanted from him, and I'm I'm pretty yeah. excited about it. Um, and I think that there's not a lot of people making records like this other than him and Phil and a few yeah. others that, and I really I really dig it. So I'm probably a buy. I, I think this will sneak up on me the more I the more I listen to it. I think it's 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 just really well done and yeah. some of the lyrics are you know he probably gets a lot of dylan comparisons or he did and i think that some of the lyrics are pretty strong um yeah i don't know if i would call him dylan-esque but i am uh i'm the same i'm gonna buy it and for the exact reasons uh that you were just saying this is it's just i mean his in rotation i'm like this is this is what i wanted yeah. like it's i can put on lateness of dancers and i'm like this is okay but it's you know that grabbed me. This this uh, frequent points grabs me and let's plug the enough. show maybe. Oh, we will November seventeenth, yeah. Rock and Roll Hotel. His Golden Messenger. The opener is one Phil, Phil Cook, Cook, as far as we know. Yeah, be there or be square. Uh, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Hopefully, uh, they'll actually be down here talking. Oh, to us, that'd be uh, great. And that's yeah. a really nice venue for them. Just right size. I think. Yeah, yeah, it's good. So. uh it's called Messenger, uh, Heart Like a Levy. It is out now on Merge Records. You can uh, go out and buy it. You can ignore us or listen to us, whatever you like to do. It's all good. Yes, I built a wall. Now I can't get over. Oh, you can choose your blues. But you might as well The name of the album is, is Heart Like Levy. Uh, the name of the artist is His Golden Messenger. And um, I think you can tell we, we, we really sort of love this, this album here. So, so go out and get it. Put it in your ears. Take it. Take care. Take your take your your pleasure and enjoyment into your own hands and get some uh, get some His Golden Messenger in your life. You can get that everywhere. You can get it uh, at the merch store, um, iTunes, wherever you want. But uh, you, you can also uh, get it out on tour here in the fall. In fact, they're going to be coming through D.C., I believe, in, in late-ish November. Uh, he's going to be coming through with uh, Phil Cook in the band and Phil Cook opening for him. So it's just going to be uh, what they refer to in the biz as, as an awesome night of music. And I highly recommend that you uh, get your tickets and uh, meet us down there, because I think our whole crew will be down there. It's, it's the type of thing that we like to do. Um, so we're almost at the end here, uh, but before... We get out of the, uh, this podcast uh, on this fine, fine Monday here. I want to want to talk about when Chris Stalk up on the Grange. Now, you may have heard of him. I have not, so this is this is new to me. Uh, this is a sort of an alt country, a uh, country Americana artist. 
uh, of Atlanta uh, from down south. His first debut or his debut uh, solo record, Dixie Electric Company, came out a couple years ago. Got a little heat on it. He's back with his band and Downhearted Fools. Uh, the you know I mentioned the drive by truckers in the intro and the uh, on this track Pete and Clyde the the similarities are are sort of uncanny which is which makes sense because you know it's been I don't know in fifteen twenty years uh, since the drive by truckers sort of reintroduced that type of stuff into the lexicon um, and uh, and so now we're seeing sort of the the fruits the second generation maybe the third come up. Uh, so the track we're going to play for you right now is Get You Off My Mind. So this is this is that track, Get You Off My Mind, from uh, Chris Tuck up in the Grange. Hope you like it. You say that you ain't ready for this life I want to live. You say let's just... Keep it steady, you're satisfied the way things is. Well, I've been waiting for forever, for forever and a day. Well, maybe we shouldn't stay together, maybe we should just take a break.
waiting for so long for you to be by my side. I've been trying for so long by now. I thought you'd be my bride, but you keep stringing me along. I swallowed all my pride. Here I am writing you this song to get you off my. You off my mind from Chris Stalk up in the Grange. Uh, that album is out now. Uh, add it to your queue if you're streaming it. If you just want to check it out, uh, I'm not sure when he's touring. Uh, they said he wasn't coming through DC soon. If you're listening here, uh, but he is he is going to be out on the road supporting this for sure. So so if you dug it, then uh, then dig in. It's all out there for you to enjoy. Um, that's our podcast for this week. We thank you for tuning in, hanging out with us, and uh, if you if you enjoyed this. You can do a couple things. You can subscribe to us if you don't already. Uh, you can actually rate us in iTunes if you really enjoy it and are one of those interactive people. I know sometimes we aren't so interactive, but but I, I'm working on getting more interactive. So maybe you can too. Uh, tell you know, so just just telling people you love them. That's that's what it's all about. And uh, so say that you love us or hate us. I guess uh, you can listen to us on Google Play, Stitcher, Mixcloud, SoundCloud coming soon, um, and. Uh, and that's that's really it. We're just sort of everywhere. We just continue to plow on. I will tell you a little bit about what is coming up. We have a, a great interview with the band Death that's going to be coming up. We're, we're going to be talking about, uh, on Thursday, the Solange record, A Seat at the Table. That's a that's an epic conversation with myself, Marcus Dowling, and one Sarah Godfrey. Uh, just look her up. Have your mind blown. Uh, and then uh, a little later on, we're going to have a talk with uh, Sarah Watkins. That was just lovely. Absolutely lovely. That uh, took place here in uh, when she was on a tour stop at the Hamilton. So that's what you get to look forward to. Uh, so we thank you guys for tuning in and uh, deciding to hang out with us for a little while. We'll talk to you in a few days. Until then, be good to your ears, be better to your people. See you later. <laughs> 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 Kenobi!